Hello, and welcome to episode 169 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. A warm welcome to Greg C., Don H., and the entire team from Silver Lining to The Modern Manager community. Membership is a great way to enhance what you're learning on the show. And if you're one of many managers in your organization, consider joining as a group like the Silver Lining team so that you can support one another in your professional development. I offer a special program to groups like this, so email me at mamie@mamieks.com to learn more. Today's guest is Josh Saderman. Josh is the CEO and co-founder of Saderman Connect. Saderman Connect supports organizations facing culture evolution by empowering leaders to unlock the power of their people to unleash their full business potential. Saderman Connect specializes in leadership development, professional coaching, communication strategies, and always has a lens that is focused on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Josh was a senior executive in the world of retail, holding several different leadership positions before launching Saderman Connect in 2019. Josh and I talk about moving beyond diversity, equity, inclusion to belonging, why we need this additional concept, and how managers can truly cultivate belonging on their teams. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. It is such a pleasure to have you here today, Josh. Thank you so much for joining me on The Modern Manager. It is such a pleasure to join you on The Modern Manager. Thank you for having me. All right. I want to jump right in here because I'm guessing that most of the people listening here have heard of diversity, equity, inclusion, at least on this podcast, if not out in their companies. But there's a new letter that is being added to this acronym that is a little less common. So can you tell us what that letter is and what it stands for? Sure. I I think what we're getting to is the letter B for belonging. Um, Am I correct? Absolutely. Okay. So we lead at Saderman Connect with D-E-I-B, B being belonging. And we know that diversity is a fact. We know that inclusion is a choice. And we know that equity is around fairness and really bringing that equity to, to all of the components that a, an organization offers employees. The B is really about belonging. And, and that really means feeling you're part of the journey, feeling that you have a place at the table to share your voice. It's an action that comes out of all of the intersectionality of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's what really creates the moment of engagement, but more so fulfillment for a, uh, an employee that wants to be an ambassador for a brand and talk about how the brand delivers by offering the employee to bring their full self to work. We know that when employees bring their full selves to work, that innovation goes up, creativity goes up, business results are driven harder and faster because they're bringing their full thinking, their full energies. And through that, through that belonging, that sense of belonging, there's this amazing synergy that happens between human and organization. So I love this in concept. And I'm also a little confused, to be honest, because I understand how inclusion is a choice, right? We can choose to act in an inclusive manner. We can choose to welcome new ideas and not judge people for their perspectives or the way that they show up. But how is belonging, belonging seems like it's on the person to feel like they belong. 
rather than on others to cultivate the environment for them to belong. Is Am I understanding this right? Because I think I'm confusing myself. I think it's a little bit of, of both. I'll start with the company. So I'll share a story. When I was very early in my career, I was uh, for many years of my journey in the retail sector. I went to work one day and I was wearing open-toed sandals. It was a really hot day. Uh, I had just gotten a pedicure and I thought these shoes are awesome and these shoes represent me, right? I just open-toed sandals. Kenneth Cole made a pair and I loved them. I got to the office and one of my managers looked down at me and said, you're against dress code. You're wearing open-toed shoes. And I looked down at her shoes and I said, but you're wearing open-toed shoes as well. And she said, yeah, but I'm a woman. And right there, right there, when you look about diversity and inclusion, you think about that gender inequity. We often look at it in different lenses, right? Uh, in this case, for me, it was a, a little bit of a what? <laughs> like it was okay for her to wear open-toed shoes, but not for me. So in that moment, I did not feel a sense of belonging. I felt like I'm in retail I represent fashion. This is what's new. And why shouldn't I be allowed to wear these shoes? I was dressed in slacks. I had a dress shirt on. I certainly had the rest of my outfit uh, in, in the more professional sense, quote unquote. So that in that case, from a sense of belonging, I didn't feel like I belonged, right? Not in the macro sense, but in certainly a micro sense. And we learned through those micro messages that the more that you get those types of micro messagings, the less likely you are to stay with an organization that doesn't represent you. So in that case, the organization through the manager, right, didn't it didn't feel good. Now, I stayed at that organization for a long time. I became part of the change. And so I was vocal in that moment. I chose to approach that moment, that micro message with a model that we call the ACES model. It really stands for ask. It stands for consider. It stands for echo and it stands for shift. So you can ask a powerful question. You can ask a consideration question. Have you considered this, this lens? You can echo back what you heard or you can shift the conversation and come back to it later when you feel like there's a, a more appropriate time to address the micro message. In that moment, I chose to ask a powerful question. I said, you're wearing open-toed shoes. I'm wearing open-toed shoes. What are those differences? Can you explain that to me? And she really couldn't. And so it did lead to a conversation with HR. It did lead to a conversation with senior leaders and there was resolution to that, right? So I offer that as a, as a way to clarify that belonging takes time and it's ever present. It's something that you work on every day through evolution of what brands are, who are the managers that are coming into the organization or being lifted up through promotion through the organization. And that's an example of a story that illustrates one version of belonging. Well, I, first of all, I love that story. So just awesome for fashion and equitable fashion practices. But also now I understand a little bit more about the difference between inclusion and belonging, right? So it sounds like the policy that was in place was not an, did not have equity in it. And it also wasn't inclusive. And because of those things, there was a lack of feeling of belonging. There was a lack of experiencing a sense of belonging. So it's both about the organization creating the right environment and also about people helping to kind of foster that. And it sounds like also just recognize when and speak up when you're not feeling that. And I mean, I had a conversation with someone, one of the teams I'm working with about 
the difference between feeling welcomed and feeling like you belong. And it was really interesting because they said, well, I can feel like I belong at the table. Like I have every right to be here, but that doesn't necessarily translate to feeling like I am truly welcomed to be myself at that table. And it sounds like, I'm going to try to like wrap this into a, a little bow here, that by adding this concept of belonging to the end of diversity, equity, inclusion, we're saying it's not enough to surround your team or to create a team that's diverse. That's really good, but that's not enough. It's not enough to just have equitable practices. That's really, really important, but it's not enough. And same thing with inclusion. It's really important to have inclusive practices, but that's not enough. At the end of the day, what all of those things need to lead to is for people to feel like they belong. Because if they feel like they belong, then you get all those benefits that you were talking about in the beginning. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And and I think I think part of that, <laughs> we learned about that a little bit through Werner Meyer's quote, Werner Meyer's of Netflix. Um, she, she said that diversity is being invited to the party inclusion is being asked to dance equity and belonging are really about picking the songs it's really about being asked to not just come to the dance not just dance but also pick the music pick the decorations be a part of the journey and amplify the voices of all so that it represents all at the dance um, and so I think the way that you just summarize that is beautiful and and really talks about this idea of belonging is symbiotic it's about the employee feeling comfortable speaking up. It's about the, the organization being comfortable listening and really being, being willing to hear what's happening in the organization to make the necessary changes and shifts that need to happen. All right, so first I want to acknowledge that I'm sure if you're listening right now, you're hearing something happening in my audio, in my background, because apparently there's construction in my house that I didn't know was gonna be happening right now. So hopefully this is not totally ruining the interview. So we're just going to keep going. And if it's really awful, we'll just figure out what to do about it. Because I don't know that I can make it stop. Sounds good. Sounds good. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So um, all right. So let's jump into what managers can do to foster that sense of belonging and to go from inclusion to belonging to go from equity to belonging. So what would you say are like the t- either the number one thing or the top you know, two or three things that managers should be doing or at least thinking about? I think that's a great question. I think it will vary by company based on the demographics of the organization. Um, I'll give an example. We have worked with organizations that have all white C-suite but 95% of the, I'll call it the, the client or uh, the customer, or in this case, maybe even the student is, is, is a person of color, right? So lots of different dynamics there in terms of race and actually lots of different dynamics in, inclusive of, of gender. And what the organization did to start thinking differently about equity and belonging is creating diversity councils and ERGs and meeting with them regularly. How can a person who is of Caucasian background fully understand what a person of color's background is about, right? And so by creating those bridges and those lanes, it opened up dialogue and conversation to 
really understand how to create policy and how to create practice that became more inclusive. It was everything from onboarding and recruiting through how they do the actual onboarding itself, right? That's a, such a powerful moment. I mean, they say that, I think the statistic is that within the first 90 days, an employee establishes whether or not they will have belonging throughout the, their, their journey with that organization. So the first 90 days is such a, a powerful concept. Michael Watkins wrote that book, The First 90 Days. And so it's a really important moment all the way through the lifelong employee life cycle of making sure that they're connecting with both existing and new employees. That creates voice through that voice, through that open listen, open, open ears we're able to then open up minds and hearts. And we talk about that a lot in the DNI world is how do you open up minds and hearts and, and establish a safe space to have bold conversations. So this is an example where they created the forum to have those conversations. The last piece of it is then deciding how you want to action on it and really making the employee part of that conversation. So it's not about hierarchy. It's about inclusion from all levels because all levels will either reap the benefits or live in the disappointment of how those policies and procedures evolve. So that makes sense for an organization that is on the larger side, where you have multiple people of any particular cohort, and of course, including them in the conversation, right? But when it's one person, it gets a little tricky because it can feel tokenizing, right? Or like... So are there other strategies or approaches when either your organization is just significantly smaller or you're just leading a team and your team is small because you're you're only six or seven people? I, I think it comes back to how do you find your voice? And I talk a lot about this in, in my coaching practice is finding your voice doesn't have to be necessarily vocal. It could be the way that you participate in a meeting. It could be the way that you prepare for a conversation. It can be in those one-on-one touch bases where you're having a conversation with a boss and it's really about education and opening up minds and sharing stories, right? So like what we're doing today is, is sharing stories. This is, this is a part of my journey and this is the lens that I bring to our conversation today. Similarly, we know that when smaller groups share their stories, they establish trust, they establish understanding and background, they open up those minds so they can share a piece of themselves and why something is impacting them. And it doesn't, you don't need a diversity council. You don't need an employee resource group to have a powerful conversation. We do need to encourage managers to be open to listen. We know that, again, I talk about Carol Dweck's concept of growth mindset a ton because managers that are not growth mindset run the risk of not creating belonging and not creating understanding. Belonging isn't about changing and doing everything that somebody says to do. That's not what belonging is. Belonging is being open to the conversation, hearing the story, living in that growth mindset of, we don't always have all the answers. So in a smaller organization, the whether it's an existing employee or a new employee that's looking to join that organization should ask those powerful questions. What does it mean to have growth mindset? Or what does it mean to have a powerful conversation if I see something through a different lens? And giving the the hiring manager the opportunity to share where they sit on that spectrum. Um, The last statistic I always talk about a, a ton in this space is 
Gallup um, has done significant research on why people leave a job and 58% of somebody leaves a job because of their boss. So it's really crucial in the smaller organizations to feel comfortable during the interview process or during a, a switch of role to ask those questions of your boss to make sure that there's good synergy and good open to listen so you can feel comfortable sharing ideas. So I love that you just mentioned growth mindset here because it's one of the things that I also talk with my clients about. And it can almost be like, it sounds weird, but it can almost be like an excuse, right? Like I know I am not gonna get everything right. So I'm gonna give myself permission to be in a growth mindset and to recognize that I have a lot to learn. And when I make a mistake, because I will, that is a moment that I get to learn from rather than feeling like I'm a failure or I should have known better. And I like, oh gosh, I just like, <laughs> am not a good leader. Right. And I, and I, and I love that we can put language around it to say, especially around these kinds of concepts, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, where they're sensitive and it's hard. And for, for some people, this stuff is so they're so seeped in it. And for some managers, it's supernatural. And for others, it's really, really tough to like see all the things and know all the right things to say and say them with the right tone that nobody will misinterpret them. And things that seem so obvious to other people don't seem so obvious to us. And just giving yourself the permission to say like, so this is an area of growth. I'm going to hold a growth mindset here. And I'm going to encourage my colleagues to do that too. And to like see this as an opportunity for all of us to be learning from each other and with each other. I, I love that you brought that up because so much of the work that we do is around comfortability in not having all the answers. I don't have all the answers and I'm a quote unquote trained professional and I'm still on the journey. I'm still learning. And so this idea that we have to approach something with all the answers just doesn't exist. Perfection doesn't exist. Managers today are dealing with so many factors and circumstances where they actually have to make a decision knowing far less than what they actually know. I mean, think about the last 18 months of pandemics and election cycles and all the things that are coming at us in terms of outside factors that affect inside factors of an organization and how an organization how managers, how people leaders impact their team. So I often encourage leaders to be comfortable with saying these powerful words. I don't know. I don't know yet. Or I'm not sure how to verbalize this. Help me find the language. Here's what I'm trying to learn, right? There's so much power in the vulnerability of being human. You don't have to be perfect. Belonging is not about creating perfection. Quite frankly, equity is not about perfection. What it's about is living in a space of openness to say, I'm a little uncomfortable here because I really want to do the right thing and I'm not sure the question. The other thing I ask, I ask managers all the time when they, when they live in that space of I'm not sure is I, I'll ask, have you done your research? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, there's this really powerful tool. It's, it's really out there. Not everyone knows about it, maybe, but it's, it's called Google. <laughs> and they laugh at me. And I'm like, no, I'm like, no, seriously. I'm like, just Google it, right? Like Google, what does it mean to approach this from this lens? Or what, you know, tell me more about Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Or tell me more about Juneteenth, right? Do the research. So when you ask somebody to clarify, what does Juneteenth mean to you? Why is this an, a day that's important to take off? Or when you ask a question about 
Jewish high holidays, right? So coming up in September, we'll have Jewish high holidays. Maybe people don't know what Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur is, right? Google it, do the research. Then when you sit down with somebody, a Jewish colleague, you can ask, why is this day important to take off for you? How can I support you as a manager? And what ways do you celebrate? So I can I can say happy Rosh Hashanah or have a good fast on Yom Kippur. What are the ways I can articulate that? So I acknowledge you, I acknowledge where you're at. And those are really important things to consider as a manager, as you get to learn your team, because through that vulnerability and through that connection, you do establish trust and it allows then the employee to come back to you and also ask vulnerable questions, also ask things that they're uncertain about so that you can help them grow and develop within their career. Again, full circle, coming back to how we started our conversation, you want them to bring their full authentic self to work because that's all their experiences. That's all of their creativity. That's all of their background. So it allows the company to then reach its full potential because each individual is bringing their full potential to the workspace. I just have to reiterate because I think it is so important that it is not on the other person, as you were saying, to teach us everything we need to know, that we as managers or just we as humans need to do our part in educating ourselves. And so if you know something about a person, right, if they've disclosed or shared with you that they are Jewish or they celebrate certain things or they do or don't do other kinds of practices or have certain backgrounds and contexts that we can go do our own research, but then not to make assumptions, right? And that's like the critical point I think you were saying is we got to do research, but then we don't just need to assume because we read it on Google, that's who they are and what they do. So we can turn that research into a grounding or a foundation to then have a conversation and learn more from the person because everybody's different. So I just, I think that's really important. And not how I've always approached, you know, working with different kinds of people in the past. So I, I really appreciate that you pointed that out so clearly. And I also, because we're going to run out of time soon, I want to ask another question that might be a little controversial. So we'll just, we'll see how this goes. So there are people that I know who are, mm, it's not like they don't believe in diversity, equity, inclusion. They maybe just like don't feel it in their bones and maybe they're like, I just, I don't understand some things. Like, I, I don't understand this transgender thing, or I, I don't really get why the whole Black Lives Matter thing is so important. Don't all lives matter? Like, there, there are people for whom they're really early in this learning journey. And I'm wondering, and I'm guessing that there are people who are listening right now who are like all across the spectrum, who are even you know more you know di- full of knowledge than than I am even, uh, and I'm I'm still on my own learning journey, so I'm not trying to say I'm very far. But do you feel like as a manager, like can you lead people if you just really don't understand them, or if you just don't necessarily buy into their situation or their background or their context, like? Is there an element of being able to really be an inclusive leader that says, like, you really do have to just believe this? Like, you have to believe it and you have to be willing to engage even when it's really uncomfortable and even when you don't necessarily, like, like it. But you you have to be 100% in. Or can we be like, you know what? It's my job. If I'm going to be good at my job, this is what I got to do. Either my company's telling me to do it or I just know in general if I want to advance in my career, I got to do it. And that's that's good enough. 
So this is a very important and very powerful question. So I'm going to do my best to answer succinctly, but it's wide. It's wide because diversity, equity, inclusion is is about humans. So we'll start with that. It's, it's It's a people conversation. It's a people conversation that impacts business results. And the reason why is because we're, we're a big world. We're a big world. So if you are a business owner that wants to do business with white people only, or men only, or Christian people only, or fill in the blanks, that is in some ways, not in all ways, but in some ways that is your decision, especially if you're a private organization. Different, obviously, if you're a public company, but if you're a private organization. Here's the deal though, is the world is changing. The world is growing. The marginalized communities of the past have a bigger voice, have a bigger bigger market share, and certainly have the discretionary income to support organizations. What I would start with is this. Sometimes we begin these conversations with all of the marginalized communities. And I offer organizations, if you just start with two white cisgender men, straight white men, who are so critical to this conversation. They are game changers. Why? Because we don't want them to feel excluded. They have a seat at this table. They themselves are diverse. They themselves have dimensions to their diversity. I talk about, we talk about, Saderman Connect is a whole workshop on the power of language. Why? Because unconscious bias is important. What's also important is understanding the power of your language, that you as a diverse individual may come to that table and have a child with a disability, have a uncle that was gay who died of AIDS, who maybe has an older elderly parent who is suffering from a chronic illness. You come to the table with diversity. You have background that is diverse. You may have four children. Maybe someone next to you has zero. That's different. So we talk about diversity as a fact because there's a seat at the table for everyone because everybody brings their diversity. Whether you agree with the concept of one aspect or another, or whether you support transgender rights or not, or whether you, that's, that's a more advanced conversation to have around what, what does your bandwidth? What does your growth mindset allow? Um, People have religious backgrounds, people have different perspectives, but through conversation, through opening up minds, through having those conversations, we can share stories. And we know, we know that when you create a connection, when you create this moment for someone to actually have good conversation and not create more division, you create the ability to open up minds and hearts. Is it going to be perfect? Is it going to be resolved tomorrow? No. But our goal is to have the conversation. Even if you don't agree with something, talk about why. Talk about what bothers you. We're not talking about the extremes here. There are extremists out there on different levels. That's going to be hard to break through. But for many folks listening on this podcast today, you may be somewhere in the spectrum in the middle where you're not sure how to approach it. And you want to sort of have the conversation, but you're not sure where to begin. And that's okay. We, we want you to feel safe. We want you to feel like there are companies out there, there are organizations like ourselves that are willing to have the conversation with you and talk about it so that you can begin your journey. We can meet you where you're at and you can feel comfortable to explore the dimensions of diversity, both within yourself 
as well as within your organization. So well said. And I think this is the perfect place for us to wrap up. So uh, can you, Josh, tell us about an amazing manager that you worked for and what made this person so fantastic? I will. I, I talk about Becky Dannenfelser, who unfortunately we lost several years ago to breast cancer. But when I was a, a very early career individual, she was part of my hiring. I didn't know that at the time. Um, but I tell the story often that when I was just beginning to explore career, it was one of the toughest transitions I've ever made. So to this day, I'm married. I have had many different experiences, but I, I look back and one of the toughest things was to go from college to career. There's so much structure that comes with middle school, high school, college, and then you get into this workforce and there's this infinite 40 years, unless of course you win the lottery, which not, ever, not all of us do, that you're going to be working and you're going to be working hard and trying to figure out how to navigate that journey somewhat on your own. What Becky did, which was so powerful, was she understood the differences between telling, teaching, and coaching. So when I was having some struggles, what she did was, as a very, very senior leader in the organization, has created 10-minute meetings for me every Monday to come present something, share a result, share something within um, the world of retail that I found interesting, and then would challenge me to think about something for the next week. And creating this mentorship and then sponsorship loop, she coached me. She helped me develop and think about my career, both as a human, as well as a, a business professional. She went on to be an executive coach. And through that journey, as I continued with my, my career evolution, continued to coach and develop me. And what she did was she invested in me. She made me feel important. She valued the information I brought to the table and then gave me her lens and perspective to go back and consider a different angle, a different lens to keep me growing again, both as a human and as a professional. So I would absolutely share with pride that Becky Dannenfelser was a huge piece of my career. Oh, lovely. And where can people learn more about you and keep up with your work? We are Saderman Connect. You can find us at SadermanConnect.com. You can see us on LinkedIn. We have lots of different ways that we engage humans, people across spectrums. We do a lot of work in professional coaching, leadership development, communication strategies, and everything we do has a thread that binds through diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And you can learn more about us also because we're writing a book. So you will see our book come out in October. It's called Arrive, Drive, Thrive, and it's all about aspiring and emerging leaders and how to really think about uh, arriving as an individual, driving as a team, and thriving as an organization. So it's a book for all, especially for those who are aspiring emerging leaders. Well, thank you so much. This was a wonderful conversation. I feel like we covered so much and I learned a lot along the way. This was fantastic. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm excited to continue the journey. Josh has offered to host one of their special one-to-one -one Get Connected experiences for members of The Modern Manager. This is an exclusive event where you will join other members of The Modern Manager for a facilitated session that offers the opportunity to network, interact, and explore dimensions of diversity, all in a fun and engaging 60-minute program. This event is going to happen on September 23rd at 5 p.m. Eastern, and I will be there, and I hope that you will too. To join us at this event, you need to be a member. So to become a member, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. And if you work for a nonprofit or government agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. 
All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.